Hello, welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your host, Keegan. Now, for those of you that were not here last week, Retrieving Sanity is all about mental health awareness, understanding, with an emphasis on addiction and recovery. Now, mental health problems have been around since, well, we've been around, because I'm pretty sure animals don't have, like, existential crises. Or do they? I don't know. But the thing is, with how far back this goes, we've not really done the best job at really, well, treating it. In fact, for a large portion of history, if someone were thinking or doing some weird kind of things that everyone else deemed, like, weird or lunatic or maniac, you would get thrown into an asylum, more than likely, and then be given a lobotomy. Now, if you don't know what a lobotomy is, Google at your own discretion. But the thing is, I'm glad we don't practice that anymore because it didn't solve anything. Now, mental health has a whole bunch that goes behind it. It goes from anything that's nature, nurture, your physical fitness, your so on and so forth. Literally almost everything in this world will actually come back and affect your mental health in some way, shape, or form. The problem, though, is that whenever we're growing up, unless our parents taught us a whole bunch, which, by the way, sometimes that's a bad thing, but if they didn't teach us so much, then it was supposed to be like school's job. You know, like history, science, math, so on and so forth. But we don't have that. And so whenever we actually grow up, most of us don't know how to operate. And because of that, we have something that stems, and it not only can be considered an illness, but it can lead to a whole bunch of problems that otherwise may be almost non-existent without it. So, one of the things we have to look at whenever we're talking about mental health is, are you being honest with yourself? Are you gaslighting yourself? Are you sitting there making permission statements so you can go do drugs or whatever it is? Are you always telling yourself that it's going to be different this time than last time? Do you find yourself sitting there not doing anything because you're so afraid of messing up? Or, on the opposite side of that, are you afraid of success? A lot of people are. I always thought that was kind of weird, but I haven't known about that until recently, really. But what I can say is that as a whole, our population is huge, but on top of that, we've just seemingly recently started treating mental health as we should. With us not treating mental health as an actual illness, we just made some kind of stigma that follows it around, that tells us it's bad. But remember, this comes from years and generations back where you'd be thrown into an asylum with a lobotomy. And that's how they treated it. And so, therefore, no one really wanted to talk about their feelings, their thoughts. And that's why a lot of people take their life every day. And that's why a lot of people turn to drugs, alcohol, adrenaline, so on and so forth. We're looking for ways to actually make ourselves either feel better or feel normal. But if you're like me, I don't know what this normal thing 
actually is. And I say this because I have ADHD. I'm manic depressive bipolar. I have generalized anxiety and just <laughs> I suffer from addiction as well. So all of that culminates into something that is difficult. And it's not just difficult. In fact, it was crippling. And that, my friends, is why I'm trying to do something about this. Something with retrieving sanity is to help other people either find their voice again, get a voice that they've never had, and start to thrive and doing the best they can at anything and everything. Now, one of the things that sucks about addiction is that it can happen for any reason. It doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care how much money you have. In fact, the more money you have, the worse it's probably going to be because you can afford all those things you should avoid. So anyways, this mental health crisis, it is a epidemic. Sorry, it is an epidemic. And by epidemic, it is bad. A lot of us don't, again, we aren't taught all of this stuff. We aren't raised with the whole, oh, you know, like, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to cry. Nah, and if you're a guy, you were told, just tough it out, man it up, pull on your bootstraps, you know, just keep trudging along. You're just a mindless worker. You just go make someone else some more money, go home, eat and sleep, and then go make someone else more money again. So, because of this, everyone starts to feel like, well, they're missing something, and it's because they are, but... The way that we treat mental health has a huge impact on that as well. The stigma that followed mental health around for so long is one of the biggest factors why people won't reach out. Because we've been raised on a societal norm that says everything is okay always. So whenever you see someone and you ask them, hey, how's it going? You may not even mean that. But the person you ask very well might say something along the lines of, oh, you know, live in the dream. And that's the thing. They don't mean that either. If anything, it's kind of code word for like, kill me. But we can do something about it. We have been doing something about it. Now, remember whenever I said it's just recently, and this is last two, three generations or so, very recently in all of human nature in history, we are now treating mental health with actual medicine, treatments, diagnosis, all of this, and we aren't really necessarily tossing anyone to the side anymore. Now, that is not to say we don't do that, but I am saying we have made progress. We have made it, and the thing is, it's great. It just keeps getting better and better and better. But for every little bit that gets better, we have a little bit that probably still sucks. And not only that, but you have to remember a lot of these people that are speaking out, that are trying to get better, they are the guinea pigs for the treatment. Will it work? Who knows? One way to find out. You want to go trial by fire? <laughs> Might as well, right? I'm never going to keep up with my neighbors. And that's another thing, too. 
our mental health depends so much on outside factors, outside influences. And the thing is, we consider that normal, which, to be fair, it kind of is. However, whenever we play Keeping Up with the Joneses, well, guess what? They got a lot of money. You may not. So, if he gets a Porsche and she gets a Lamborghini, you sit there and you go, hmm, I can get a Tesla? Like, a Tesla coil, not a car. But that's the thing. If you're always trying to meet someone else's expectations of you, you're selling yourself short. And I'm saying this as someone who has done that a lot. And it sucks. It is not up to you to live up to someone's idea, expectation, or anything that they think about you. You do not have to give them that. In fact, whenever you start doing better for yourself, a lot of people may just straight up and say, like, hey, you've changed. And yeah, that good thing they notice. But a lot of people will view that in a negative way. And the reason why is because for the most part, if someone doesn't like the way someone else is growing, if they're not celebrating with them, that person is just missing out on a version of you that they had more power over. Even if it's some guy or girl that has been your arch nemesis forever. Come on. Life sucks. If they won, cool. Give them a high five. Will they do the same for you? Who knows? But the thing is, it's a lot of little actions that really build and make or break someone. So having all these societal norms, which that's what the whole, hey, how are you doing? Good, just fine. With all those societal norms, we've actually transplanted those into social media. Now, follow along. Social media, you get everyone's insight. You get everyone's story, pictures, videos, all of it. But you really don't. You know why? Because that's someone's highlight reel. That is not how their life actually is. What five-minute video you see may be the culmination of about two years of hard work. And for five minutes, that person felt like they actually did something. It's really cool. So they post it because it's great. They love it. You may see it and think, damn, this guy's got everything. It just, he just keeps getting, but one of the things you have to remember, again, you don't see the behind the scenes footage you don't get to really get into someone's head. Now, with mental illness, we actually tend to block people out. We tend to set up a wall around ourselves that we define as, this is my safety place, you know. No one gets in, unless like somehow they get over the moat, but whatever. One of the things we have to keep in mind with all that, if we are struggling, if we are having a bad time, then we have to do something. I don't care what it is. Well, okay, I care about a few things, but never mind. No matter what, you have to do something. And that's it. You have to do something. And let me explain this with me as the example. I was a bad alcoholic 
for the better part of 10 years. A whole decade of my life just spent on drinking and then other stuff, but mostly drinking, okay? Along the way, I kind of figured there was a problem. <laughs> and it wasn't just like the whole, oh yeah, you just drink a bunch. It was all those other little things that just builds up. And the bad thing about addiction, it'll sit there and tell you, no, you just didn't get enough this time. You just need to go get more and it'll solve all your problems. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's not really how it works. But the thing is, I knew I had a problem. Well, maybe more of a hunch, but a problem nonetheless. So what did I do? I did nothing. And you know what that did for me? It just made me realize that rock bottom has a rock bottom. And then some. And yeah, it's painful. But that's the thing. Because of this pain, I'm someone that doesn't like to tell people what's going on. And if I do, I feel like I'm being selfish or a negative Nancy or whatever. Even if it's someone that I trust and actually believe that they have their best intentions for me. But I don't want to do it because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, right? So a lot of people follow that same line. A lot of people don't want to give other people an inside look at their life for the sure fact that maybe they won't like it. So what? Well, that's the thing. Remember that societal norm. We're supposed to make everyone happy. We're all supposed to put on a mask, walk around like nothing happens. You get home, you maybe take the mask off, and then you're wondering why you're so tired. And you're just tired. And it's not a physical tired. It's not just a mental. It is just absolutely draining. There's not a whole lot we can do. But if we see that there is a problem, there is something we can do. And that's called actually getting help. Let me say that again. Actually getting help. Scary, right? Who? No. Nah. I don't ask for directions. I just wander around until I eventually find the place. And if I never find the place, then I just went on some weird adventure. Like, you know, guys, gotta love us, right? Sorry, women. And or non-binary people. I don't... I'm just joking. Anyways, really though, if you have a problem and you want it solved, you have to do something. So let me show you just a little bit of what I mean. Said, mental health issues have been around for probably ever, and that's a thing. Well, we have to deal with them, and we haven't really started to do so until as of late. And as a whole, like 50 to 100 years is of late whenever we look at history. However, let's look at something. There is a whole lot of people that suffer from a mental illness. Now, bear with me, some of these numbers may not seem like much at first, but the results are staggering. So, more than one in five adults here in the US experience some kind of mental illness. That's 57.8 million people. That, that, pfft, a lot of people. That's a lot of mental illness going on. Now, to make it even more serious, 5.5% of the U.S. adults 
experienced serious mental illness in 2021. That is one, uh, sorry, that is 14.1 million people. Now, yeah, these last two statistics, that's millions of people. And you know how many of those people actually reach out? Probably like, I want to say like maybe 5%. And that's, that's like a lot. But it's also nothing near a couple million people. So some of the things that we fight every day in our heads is something that a lot of people don't really care to come to understand. They don't really care because they can't see it because they're living such an easy life. Well, no. What's actually happening? They're sitting there and they're kind of judging you just a little bit. But the thing is, they just think that they can wear the mask better. And you should just cinch yours up a little bit more. It'll be fine. Guess what? It's not. So, again, I have generalized anxiety. I'm manic depressive, bipolar, uh, addiction, and ADHD. Okay, so we got that settled, right? Let's look at some of the more, like, actual statistics. So if we're looking at depression, it's the leading cause of disability in the U.S., and it's a huge, huge factor for unsubscribing to life. So I don't know if you know, but that's not an easy thing to do. After that, we have anxiety. Now, I have generalized anxiety, and <laughs> I'm always ready for the worst thing ever. Even if it never comes around, I'm ready for it. Set your expectations low, and you'll never be disappointed and always pleasantly surprised. But that is no way to actually live life. Otherwise, that's just kind of like crossing the street, looking both ways, and then you get hit by an airplane. Yeah, something like that. So then we have bipolar. So that's me. I'm manic depressive, which means in a manic state, I can take on the world. I'm on the tippity top. I'm on Mount Everest, no jacket, no hiking shoes, no oxygen. Like, I'm, I'm just freaking awesome, right? And then on the, opposite sin, uh, on the opposite spectrum with the depression, I just wake up and I'm like, man, I made a mistake being born. And I blame myself for everything because, you know, it's my fault. And a lot of people think that way. Is it necessarily true? No. But, however, it is something we actually have to acknowledge. Now, this next little statistic is still pretty high, but it's not as high. And it's a good thing, too, because it's a little bit more serious. Then we have schizophrenia. I'm pretty sure I don't have to explain to anyone what that is. It affects around 950,000 adults in the U.S. Now, like I said... It's not as high as, like, 50 million, but that's a thing. It's still such a serious one that we have to take control, and even then, it's more of a symptom management. There's not really a huge cure out for that, but, you know, a lot of mental health is about treating it. A lot of it, we can't really reverse it. Our brains that are organic <laughs> computers actually sit there and they kind of write your own code 
and it's kind of funny because the brain can make brain and body do something the brain knows is bad, but it'll do it anyway. Like, you see where it gets a little confusing? Like, I know I shouldn't do it, and I go and do it. But why? Probably because I think I'm the exception no matter where and what I'm doing. Is that true? Not necessarily. And a lot of us really think that way. We go, well, it's my life. I can do it and nothing will happen. Well, pfft. sorry, dude. That's not how that goes. So now this next one, really, I don't have this one, I think. I've never been tested for it, so I can't say. However, I do know people that suffer from it. And from what I understand, the amount of people that are suffering from it go up, I think, every day, and by a decent margin, too. This is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it can be caused by a whole lot of anything and everything. But it's usually after witnessing a life-threatening event, and that accumulates for 6.1 million adults. So keep in mind, all those times that you were with your abuser and you got the crap beat out of you and all that, you could have died so many times. Now, even if you get out of that relationship, you're going to have those scars, literally and metaphorically. You're going to have these scars that you can't really do too much about. What you can do is you can be open and honest, and then you can start figuring out how to actually do better. And that's the thing. A lot of us want to do better, but a lot of us don't want to say anything. Remember, this stigma that has followed around mental health has kept a lot of people silent. Now, what is fantastic though, living in the age of information, we are now the trailblazers for the next generations. If you ask, what do you mean? Well, I'm glad to tell you. You can tell like your nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever, and you can tell them you are older than Google. These people, these kids, they have not known a world with no smartphones, no internet, no nothing. And yet here we are, and a lot of it we had to sit there and learn from experience, whether that was good or bad. And even if we try to make something good out of it, doesn't mean we succeeded. In fact, a lot of our uh, endeavors turned out to just kind of bite us in the butt. But that's okay, so long as we learned a lesson. And that is a big part about all of this. You can have anything and everything happen to you. If you never want to happen, if you never want it to happen again, you have to learn your lesson. Now, sometimes finding a lesson is hard, or maybe the situation was entirely not your fault. Just wrong place, wrong time. Even on those, you have to accept it for what it is because well, now you can't do anything about it, right? So now all of these culminate into, well, just a giant ball of rubber bands that are ready to be like let loose back into the wild just one toss and they explode right 
that's the thing. We don't know how to handle this. We've not been taught this by our parents, by our school. No, nothing. So with us living in the age of information, we get to sit there, go on our laptop, our computer, smartphone, any of that. And we actually get to sit there and read research studies. We get to do, we get statistics. We get to look at different ways people have gotten help with this or that. Or we find out that you can be diagnosed with this because of this and so on and so forth. The age of information is for our benefit. Now it does seem kind of overwhelming a lot of the time because, well, it is. The problem, though, is that, again, if we know something and we don't do anything, didn't, why are you not doing it? You want something to be different. So you have to do something different. And I know it sounds silly, but you have to take action. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. So whenever we think about certain things that actually happen, we have to find our part. It doesn't mean if we caused it. It doesn't mean what our role in unfolding the situation necessarily was. We have to figure out us. How did it affect me how did it affect you that's we don't need to sit there and put everyone underneath the microscope the only person that needs to be underneath your microscope is yourself so a lot of people don't like that either because guess what again we were not taught this in school and so now we're kind of just like uncomfortable with living it's kind of weird right whenever i was in nehemiah Remember that rehab I went to? One of the first lessons I was taught was one simple phrase. You've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's so stupid. Like, how do you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Isn't that just uncomfortable? Or wouldn't that just be comfortable at that point? Well, the thing is, I actually figured that out a few months after hearing it. And then it just little light bulb in the head, little hamster finally decided, uh, decided to turn on the light. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah, I get, I get, yep. Uncomfortably, uncomfortable, comfortably. Yeah, weird, still to this day. But for an example, after a 10-year sprint of alcoholism and other drug use, I was numb. And I'm not talking about like, I can't feel my hands or my feet. Yeah, that did kind of happen. My head, my heart, all of that. Numb. I couldn't feel anything. What I thought I was feeling was just residue from an old feeling of past. And guess what that was? Nothing but anger, depression, self-pity, so on and so forth. Just nothing good. Whenever I first started to figure out how to be my own best friend, that was a weird couple of days. It's, it's still weird because I've always been my worst critic. And you're probably the worst one to you too. And you'd probably gaslight yourself much like I did. However, whenever I decided that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and I'm tired of that little guy up in the head giving me crap for everything, and I started to be my own friend. First of all, that's a totally different thing. But second of all, whenever I started to feel happy, 
and able to laugh, like, from the belly and so on and so forth, then it just felt weird. And I mean, like, really, 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 really weird. I was like, this, <laughs> what is going on? My chest feels funny. I think I got butterflies in my stomach. And so I was talking to my counselor while I was there, and she told me, oh, it sounds like you're learning how to be happy again. You're able to feel again. And I was like, eh, yeah, 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 the reason why I was drinking so much, I didn't want to feel that. But my life, my perspective, all of that has since changed. So what I can do to help someone else is, well, what I'm doing right now. I might not be able to save someone, but I can definitely let someone know they're not alone. And if I had been told that back in the day, I don't know if I had believed them. But whenever I say certain things, the reason why I use myself as an example is because I'm going to talk about experience, personal experience. If I say anything about anyone else, it's because it was their outlook, their perspective that they handed to me. Because I asked them, like, hey, what about this? What about that? And that's how it just is supposed to be. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I'm weird. But really, here on Retrieving Sanity, we're going to explore as many avenues as we can. And so that includes interviews. It includes different little meditation exercises, doing whatever. So with everyone being in addiction or bad mental health space, there's something to learn. Every single person has a story. Every single person has a voice. A lot of our voices, though, got drowned out in the cacophony of the world. We sit there and we say, hey, we need help, and nothing ever happens. Or more stuff happens. And that's why we do say something, but it gets drowned out. And so we stop. Because that person's got their own mess on their hands. They don't need me. And guess what? Maybe they do. And maybe they're thinking about the same thing. Maybe y'all just need to talk to each other and get it sorted out. Even if it's not person versus person, it's a situation that multiple people are facing. Like addiction and mental health issues. If we stay quiet, we can't help anyone. More importantly, we can't help ourselves. Now, on the flip side, one of the things about exploring mental health, exploring yourself, your shadow work, your introspection, anything like that, is we kind of already know what we need to do well to feel better. But that's the thing. A lot of us don't know how to do that. A lot of us sit there and go, well, my best thinking got me in a lot of trouble. Well, that's the, th that's the thing. You probably knew the right thing to do, and you did not do that thing. And that's how a lot of addiction kind of works. Someone goes, eh, it won't happen like last time. Wake up in jail again. Oh, it won't happen like last time. Wake up in the hospital again. But we like to be the exception. For those of us that suffer from another mental illness, we usually have more than just one. So whenever we step into the ring and we finally feel like we knocked out that other guy, his buddies are tag-teaming you now. And 
yeah, that's a boxing ring I don't want to be in. But I have to go there. You know why? Because it's part of my battle. And so for mental health, that is one of the things that keeps a lot of people quiet. It's the one thing that makes people not trust or not believe someone because it's not a visible illness. We can't see it. And if we can see it, it just means that that person is in really bad shape. But that's the thing. If you tell someone and they don't believe you, it just makes you go like, man, like, I'm never telling anyone anything like that ever again. And that's how a lot of people unsubscribe from life. It's how a lot of people decide to keep doing what they're doing. They know it's wrong. They know it's bad. But no one cares. As someone that has been there, someone that has done that, it, it sucks. Because every now and again, you'll just get proven right. It's like, why? Why did I even... Well, that's a really crappy feeling. And I mean, it sucks. It really, really does. So me doing this, retrieving sanity... It's for people to have a voice. It's for people to find like-minded people. Retrieving sanity is about making community. Through healing others and ourselves, we can help heal others and ourselves. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Damn right. And after a certain point, after you start becoming your own best friend, you actually get to sit there. And not be contingent on someone's outlook on you and how it makes you feel. Whenever you're finally your own best friend. Whenever you finally know how to tackle those monsters. How to stand up to them and tell them I'm not going to go through this again. At least not without a fight. And I'm taking someone down with me. Once you're actually able to do that kind of stuff. It, it makes sense. It really does. And it's worth it. I can tell you that right now, it is worth whatever pain you go through to be able to come out on the other side and tell the world, you can't take me down like that. And again, a lot of people don't do this because sometimes holding on hurts more than letting go. And we just have to respect that choice. However, that's not to say don't try to help someone that can't help themselves or whatever. No, what it is, is knowing that you cannot make anyone do anything. And I mean literally anything at all. Whatever it is, you cannot make that person do it. You know why? Because we have something called free will. Well, for the most of us. And this free will gives us the ability to say no. Or yes. Or even a big O. Nah. As you just look that decision right in the face, right in the eyes, and you go, I'm not doing that. Not again. And then whenever you actually <laughs> stick to it, oh man, it's amazing. So, I'm not saying I have the answers for anyone. I'm not saying that follow me and everything will be great. No, that's stupid. Everyone's story is different. This exists for people to have a voice. For people to find something in someone else. And they say, I relate to that guy. I relate to that woman. I've been in that situation. I've been in those shoes. I know 
what's going on. I know how to do something about it. And maybe you can come on here and do an interview. You get to share your wisdom, your experience, your story. In the end, isn't that what most of us really just want? We want to be heard. We want to be understood. We want our story to be told. And whenever we sell ourselves short, well, I mean, that's the biggest disservice we can do. Especially for someone that is just, I don't know, not feeling up to it, if you know what I mean. So we can't be little people just because they have a mental health issue. In fact, like I said, everything will culminate into a mental status at some point. And that's the thing. If you want to do anything, you have to do something. Is it easy? Like I said, no. Sometimes it is. For the majority, it's not. And there's that cliche, anything in life worth having isn't easily obtained. With this, I just want to say a few things. If you know someone that is struggling with addiction, with a depressive episode, with anything, just reach out to them. And just ask them, like, hey, how are you doing? And let them know it is a heartfelt question. Let them know that you're not doing it to get at them or just, like, undermine them or anything like that. Just ask them how they're doing. How are you holding up? I don't care what their problem is. Ask. Because, again, a lot of us just don't want to share anything because we do... We don't want to bring people down. We don't want to be the Debbie Downer. But I know for myself, and again, this is personal preference, I would rather be woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning and stay awake with someone all night, even if it's on the phone and even if there's not a conversation going. If that person called me because they knew I would listen and that's all they need, why wouldn't I do that? I would much rather do that. Wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, get on the phone with someone, and just keep them company, and maybe I don't have to go to a funeral after that. Yeah, I know, that's kind of dark thinking, but, I mean, that's, that's the case. A lot of people would choose to end everything because the world's proven too many times that the world doesn't want them. And I'm here to say that that's not true. One of the things that makes life hard, one of the things that make recovery hard is that there's people out there that don't really care. There's people out there that will do whatever to bring you down, to make you feel less than. It's difficult, especially whenever it's all you know. But that's why learning how to be your own best friend is so important. It is absolutely crucial to learn how to be your own best friend. Now, I'm not saying go hype yourself up at every and any something like that. No, what I'm saying, be your own best friend. With your best friend, you're going to have times that you're just like, wow, that guy is stupid. And then you're also going to have times where you're like, oh, hey, like, I'm glad I listened to him. Or, yeah, like, we took on this challenge together and we both made it on the other side so we can do that so why not let's do that again going from my biggest critic 
worst judger, all of that. Being my own best friend is great. But again, I don't have to like everything I choose to do. I just have to love myself enough so that, you know, I'll make it out. And so long as you learn a lesson in anything you do, nothing is wasted. For example, the better part of a decade, or a decade and then some, for me, was a lot of pain. A lot of uh, misery and a lot of it I brought upon myself. But again, I wasn't doing a whole lot to combat it. And now I know better. But the thing is, I went through some of that stuff, not necessarily by choice, but I'm able to use it. I'm able to use that experience, the wisdom that's given to me, and I can try to pass it on to someone else. Again, I may not save anyone. I may not even make much of an impression. But I do hope that someone out there hears something that they needed to hear just to hold on for one more day, five more minutes. Because a lot of us, we like to call it quits two minutes before the miracle came. What miracle that is, I don't know. For me, it's, it's a few miracle that I'm alive. I know it's a miracle that you are where you are, that all of us are still here. I don't know anyone that's had an easy life. I just know people that were able to wear a mask a lot better. So even though that they could wear a mask better than me, doesn't mean that they were better. And that's one of the things we like to compare ourselves to others. Again, the Facebook highlight reel, the Twitter announcements. Well, I guess that's actually not Twitter anymore, right? Either way, we like to sit there and just compare to everyone else. We use other people's milestone markers as a judgment that we pass ourselves to say we failed. And, you know, a lot of the time, whenever we look back and we actually see the bad stuff that we've done and we actually work on it, it just makes us a whole lot better to an extent. But that's the thing is that you have to also be willing to accept new information. You have to be willing to be flexible on what you think. Now, of course, there are definitely times where it's not great to sacrifice your morals, for lack of a better term. But the thing is, we need to be open-minded enough to try things and see if they're better. And again, this isn't saying, oh, start your little entrepreneurship of selling herbal life or whatever. I'm not trying to make any jabs at anyone, just so you know. But the thing is, we like to build a box. And within this box, we put a few nice little amenities, you know, maybe a bean bag, some mini fridge with bottled water in it, and then maybe some cheese puffs, maybe a steak. But we built that little box for, well, ourselves, And so therefore, we can't really do a whole lot because we made it. And now I want to be proud of what I made, but I'm unwilling to take a door down, take a wall down, and expand it. 
if I don't do that, I'll always be in that little box. And that little box is, if it gets smaller and smaller, the more you stay in there. It's kind of like Snorlax. Just fall asleep and just get real big. But, you know, sorry, I forget some of us are not uh, Pokemon or grew up with Pokemon. Anyways, no, but that's really the thing. We build a box to keep ourselves in. And we use other people's milestone markers as the bars to hold the box even tighter. Now, we can get out. I never said that this box was closed. We just hopped on in. And we're trying to get it out, but going about it the wrong way. And that's why we need people. We need them. For anyone that says they don't need anyone, well, I'm sorry, but I do not believe that whatsoever. Everyone needs a little bit of someone. And if you're not actively loving someone else, then you're missing out on the best version of you. Not that person. Well, to be fair, they are missing out on the best part of you. But you missing out on you is such, such a disservice that whenever you finally get out of that box, you'll stand up, stretch your legs, maybe do a couple jumping jacks or something, and you'll start to be like, I got a cramp in my leg. Why did I just sit in that weird box for so long? And again, that top was never closed. We just sit there staring at a corner. And we're like, oh, no, I'm in a corner. No, correction. You're actually in the middle of the box, and you're just staring at a corner, kind of like a kid in timeout. And I don't know about you, I didn't like doing that. And so why should I, and metaphorically speaking, do the same thing to myself as an adult? Why should I suffer for what I don't do? As in, I can and should be mad whenever certain things don't really go the way that I hoped they would. And I'm not saying it's always good to get uppity about little things, little setbacks. But the thing is, whenever you actually have a passion for something, it means that you're willing to suffer for that thing. A lot of people are not passionate about themselves. Everyone wants to reap the benefits, but no one wants to do the work. There's a reason why some self-made millionaires are the way they are. If they started from the bottom, they're usually humble. And if they're not, well, I don't think that they'd have a very large friend circle. And right there too, if you're noticing that people are leaving you alone because you start walking a different path for yourself people are going to sit there and they're going to just not be your biggest fan and so it is difficult to be climbing out of that box it is difficult to say I want better for myself it's just difficult and the way that we really get away from the worst Part of ourself is to reach out, ask for help, and don't immediately toss away something that could very well change your life. 
just because he didn't like the way it sounded. On paper, it seems like a really bad idea, but in practice, it turns out to be one of the best things you've ever done. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like the reverse uh, for myself. I know a lot of crazy good theories I had. Like, okay, hey, look, this is my hypothesis. This should happen, or maybe not, but we're going to test it anyways. And then whenever it goes to absolute crap, I have to be able to laugh at myself. I have to be flexible with that because otherwise I'm just reinforcing that little box and the little bars that tell me, no, just stop. You're not doing anything. You're no good. And a lot of people will use humor as a way to try and offset the negative. And that's not a bad thing. Everyone has their own coping mechanisms. But one of the things we almost all have in common is that we desire more. And I don't care how humble you are. We want more. But the thing is, it doesn't have to be more materials. It doesn't have to be more possessions. For myself, I am happy with the way people are with me. I'm grateful for the friends, the chosen family I've made for myself, and their value to me is more than I can put anything to money with. Wait, their value to me is invaluable. We'll leave it there. So, I know that life is hard. I know that life sucks, but the thing is, we have to be willing to do just a little bit more. And that's why you need to check up on your friends. That's why you need to check up on family, because they might be having a fantastic Facebook highlight reel. They may have just visited their third country and are off to Zimbabwe. And you're just still stuck at home. Your car's only got five miles on it. Your sandals are falling apart, you know? But sometimes the people that have less have a lot more. Because what really counts is what is on the inside. As cliche as that sounds, I've found that in my experience, it turns out to be true. So whenever you call and check up on friends, check on family, it's a time to also sit back and reflect on what that person means to you. A lot of the time we like to sit there and take things for granted. I know I have many times. And it's a lesson I still haven't mastered. In fact, I don't know if I ever will. And it's hard to do some of this stuff. Uh, it's hard to accept what you have while you have it. Because we're stuck in the here and now. But we're not so much stuck here in the here and now. Our physical body is. But a lot of us, our brain goes way into the future or it goes way down the past and for those that are constantly living in the future that's called anxiety and that sucks and for those that are always looking back on the past that is depression and boy does that one suck too 
is there an actual happy spot, a Goldilocks zone? Is there just a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of depression, a little bit of zest for life? Yeah, but that's the thing is maybe you have none of that. Maybe you have all of it. Maybe you actually do facilitate your mental capacities in a degree that is suitable pretty much all the time. If that's you, awesome. But definitely be grateful for what you have while you have it. Because some days, maybe that'll be the only thing that keeps you going. And if you let some of these people, some of these emotions go without so much as a second thought, <laughs> the biggest thing you have against yourself is yourself. So long as you do the right thing, everything else will come with. And again, it's not an overnight matter. It is not an easy thing. I'm telling you that it can be done. It has been done. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Am I a saint? Ooh, far, far from. But I don't want to see people hurt if I can do something to help. So again, just reach out. Talk to one of your friends. Talk to that stranger you don't really know, but they look pretty down. Maybe his dog just died. Maybe he's going through something. Maybe he's thinking about ending it, and you saying hello or what's up and genuinely listening, maybe that'll stop him from doing something stupid. And that's the thing. <laughs> Life sucks, right? I already said that. But the thing is, is that it doesn't suck. We have to make our own happiness. We have to make our own joy. We have everything up against us. But the thing is, with the right tools, with the right friends, we can do it. Keep in mind, whenever you're having one of those really bad days, everything is up against you. Everything, like literally anything and everything is up against you. You're about to explode and you just can't keep it together much longer and you're just like I'm like really really mad and then you go walking through a door whenever that door handle catches like your belt buckle your shirt or anything like that it's not to get mad at you it's not out there to get you it's a door so what you can do is you can stop take a breath take a couple steps back go on after that it's telling you to slow down a lot of the problems that we cause for ourselves are usually made in haste. Whenever we know that something is stupid and we still do it, it's kind of because we were like, all right, like, let's go. May not be the best decision, but I want to do it. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather regret things I've done than not the things I didn't do. And one more little quip. If you flip a coin to decide something for yourself, and while it's in the air, you will think, I hope it lands on this. Then that's the thing you should do. Easy. Crazy. Right? You flip a coin to make a decision. Well, whichever way you hope the coin lands is the way you should go about it. So, yeah, I got a lot of those. <laughs> I'm just ready to help out. I don't know who you are. I don't know who I am sometimes. But what I can say is thank you for listening. Thank you for helping other people. And thanks for listening to just a ramble about mental health. <laughs> so I just want to say one more time, I'm blessed to be here. I'm a walking miracle. 
and so are you. So keep your head up one step at a time and just say hi, maybe help someone, and you'll see it does wonders. So until I see y'all next Friday, y'all have a good night. Sean, oh well, hang on, wait, 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 wait. y'all have a good rest of the day. <laughs> Sorry. But yes, good night, good morning, good noon. I will talk to y'all again next week. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction and needs help finding treatment or resources, please give a call to 1-800-662-4357. Now, if you or anyone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please, please give a call to 988, the National Suicide Hotline, and please just hold on. It does get better. So please, help a friend, help a loved one, be awesome.